Welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision with CCLVI, Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. Um, I'd like to welcome everyone tonight. My name is Kathy Farina, and I will be your facilitator this evening. And our host is Allison Smitherman. Thank you, Allison. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> and um, tonight we are going to pay tribute to Dr. Bill. And I am going to have um, Allison uh, play a recording in a moment of an interview that was done with Dr. Bill. Um, and we will then open it up after that for questions and comments and if, if anyone wants to, uh, to speak. But for now, uh, please everybody mute and do not say anything unless you're you know, you've raised your hand and asked for permission to speak because we will be podcasting this. So we want to make sure that it's as um, quiet as possible. Allison, can you play the recording that we have? Yes, ma'am. Just give me a minute to uh, share my screen and we'll get it going. Aloha, Katie Friedman here, offering hope to those who no longer can see clearly. When your doctor says, glasses won't help you see better, where do you go for information? We have experienced professionals such as international sales coaches, eye doctors, and entrepreneurs with low vision to no vision, helping you continue and increase your business. Just because you have no vision or you're losing your vision, it doesn't mean you're losing your life. Boost your business with Eyes on Profits. Aloha, Katie here with a very special guest. And this is somebody who I respect so much as an optometrist and somebody who I recently heard on a couple of radio type podcasts. Let me at this time welcome, we call him Dr. Bill. So, Dr. Bill, please. Tell us, first of all, about about you being an optometrist, your practice, and then how you transitioned into working with the low vision community. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me at your show. And uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, and my parents, like all of my relatives, we were all gardeners. And we did that type of landscaping work. And one of the things that I vowed is, I'm going to go to school so that I don't have to become a gardener. So I went to UCLA, and while I was there at UCLA, I thought it might be a good idea for me to volunteer at the eye clinic. And it was there that I learned about the specialty of low vision. And when I then applied to optometry school, I really talked about how I was so interested in low vision. And they told me, you know, we are really pleased that you're interested because there are very few doctors who specialize in low vision. And there are so many people who need low vision doctors, but nobody knows about it. So after graduating from optometry school, I then went and I opened up my own practice in Santa Monica, California. 
I specialized in children. And we had a very special practice because we looked not only at how clearly could the child see, but we looked at, at how the child processed visual information. And we were able to help many students that were diagnosed as having learning disabilities and dyslexia. And at the same time, I went to a place called the Center for the Partially Sighted in Santa Monica. And I recently graduated and that I would love to have a chance to interview for a job. And I was interviewed by the founder, uh, Dr. Samuel Janinsky, a gentleman who himself was born legally blind. And so I was able to work there half time and then work at my own private practice half time. And it was everything that I could ever wish for. Both practices gave me such pleasure because we're really able to help people that other doctors could not help them. How did you bridge your business with others in the local uh, vision community as you started to lose your vision? And actually, before you say that, could you share with other with people on the call this situation with your vision right now? Yeah, you know, I, I really have a very, a very interesting story, but I was in practice for 32 years, and then I began to notice that my night wasn't as good, and my color vision wasn't as good. So I then went to a ophthalmologist who specialized in the retina, and they began to do all these tests, and they told me that I have deterioration of the rod and cone cells of the retina. And I, I couldn't believe it because that is something that is usually inherited. And so neither of my parents have these types of problems. I have two brothers that look with my cousins and other relatives and find any type of history with it. So it even got to the point that I sat down with my mom and dad and I said, I, I really want you to be honest with me, but am I an adopted child? And they just laughed. They couldn't believe that I would ask that. But to me, in terms of the genetics of it, I, I should have some other relatives with this, but I don't. And so as my vision started to deteriorate, I continued to practice. And I didn't really have much difficulties doing examinations and such because everything that the eye doctors use when we're examining patients, it magnifies what we see. So it makes it easier to see. But I did notice that driving home at night, I really had to be careful. You know, I was on the edge of my seat driving. And I said, you know, this is something that is going to get worse. So I then brought in one of my intern doctors and she joined my practice. And I told her of my situation and I told her, if you are interested, you know, I would like to make you my partner. And when the time comes that I have to retire, uh, 
all of this will be yours. So she just really couldn't believe it. It was very difficult for her, too, because on one end, she couldn't believe that I had this type of a serious problem. And the other hand, she was very excited that I was giving her the opportunity. And so with time, it got to be to the point that she was really doing a very, very good job. And I then started to slow down where I didn't work six days a week anymore. I cut it down to three days a week. And then I began to tell some of the doctors. And as soon as I told some of the referring doctors, you know, they just told everybody. It, it just spread so quickly. But I was really comfortable with it just because those referring doctors, they were comfortable with my new partner doctor. In other words, they had seen how good of a job that she is able to do and they were still referring patients to our office. So with me retiring, I was very confident that we were not going to lose patients and that she was still going to have a very successful practice. And as a matter of fact, today, she is still in practice and she's probably even busier than when I was working. Well, that's a wonderful story. And, and very impressive, and that says something about about you and your ability to connect with other people. Very impressive. Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you very much. So how do you connect now with the, the low vision community? Well, you know, it really was a major transition. It was a major transition from working as a doctor and, you know, my, my life was so busy. Every day there was something I had to do related to my work. And so when I retired, the biggest difference was, what am I going to do today? I do not have anything to do. And even the people that I would often have lunch with, they were in Santa Monica, and I lived in the San Fernando Valley. And I can't drive. So I didn't want to ask my wife to drop me off and so I could have lunch. So I really had to try to find things to do. And what I then realized was that maybe I could get involved with some of these low vision groups. So I attended some support groups. And that was very, very enjoyable. And then I joined organizations such as the... National Federation for the Blind. And uh, then there was other organizations like Airs LA that got started where they began to record podcasts for people with low vision and blindness. And uh, they asked me to be on the board of directors and Airs LA has really grown into a very, very big service that people really enjoy. So I would say that with time, it got to be that I joined more and more of these organizations, and they always have things to do, such as fundraising, or they want to expand. And it, it really gave me a, a great opportunity to meet 
people with low vision on a different level. In other words, when you meet them and you're the doctor, most of it is a one-way conversation. You as a doctor, you're going to make recommendations for the patient. But when you attend these different low vision groups, we have a two-way conversation. Or it's just like when I'm speaking with you, I learn about what you are doing and we get to have a different type of relationship through the two-way conversation. And so, my goodness, I know so many people now who have low vision, and there are so many people who are blind or those who have low vision that have tremendous ideas, and they need other people to give them the confidence so that they know that they could do this. So we could help them uh, to give them the resources and to give them the confidence and to give them the assistance so that they can succeed. So it, it's been really wonderful and I'm, I'm very, very busy now. Well, I can attest to that because I've heard you on a couple of those those radio shows, those podcast shows, and you had a, you had a lot. <laughs> it's it's I'm I'm actually finding them very entertaining because there's a different perspective when I listen to them. That the content is so much richer than some of the other podcasts that I had listened to prior to joining the 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 low vision podcast. I don't know what to call them. I. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one reason why they become so rich is that having a vision impairment or the thought that you may become totally blind, it's very emotional. Whether you're a woman or a man, it is very emotional. There are times that I cried. And I never thought that I would cry, but I would just cry because I'm wondering, you know, why, why is this happening to me? I could be helping so many other people if I were still a doctor. But I've learned through this experience, you know, I'm a believer in God. And God has shown me a new pathway of how to help even more people with low vision by doing these things that we do. Yes, I, I absolutely believe what you're saying on, a, on the place of that's the beginning of my journey now is, is connecting with a community that I had a superficial relationship with that is now broadening daily. <laughs> Just, it's, and, and for me, it's a matter of connecting with people and uh, having a having a, a superhero at my side who helps me connect with other people and other resources. That's great, and I could tell, you know, you speak so well. You speak so clearly, but you sound so happy. So that makes it a lot easier for people with low vision to talk to you. Oh, thank you. I get rejuvenated by this community in a way I can't explain it. 
I, 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 the reason why I've been an optician is number one, because I enjoy optics and it just makes sense to me. But as an optician, being able to have those conversations with people and listen, I am an avid listener. And this community, some people love to talk, so it's a good combination. <laughs> well, the other thing, though, and uh, so many people don't realize this, but optics and low vision, they require so much math. And that is one of your intrinsic strengths. And there are so many people who try to go into low vision and they do not succeed because they truly do not understand the mathematics. They do not understand optics. And as a result, they cannot select which type of device would be the best for that patient. I never connected the dots that way. That's interesting. It is so, it is so true, and I have seen it with so many of the optometry students that I have taught. And there are some who are just horrific at, and they truly cannot do low vision. Interesting. So my very first article I had published was math uh, optics for the mathophobic. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that article for my students. <laughs> and and. Those of you who are in the industry can appreciate that place of when I started giving this presentation, I was using an overhead projector and I was making my own slides, uh, the, the transparencies. Oh <laughs> yeah, and, and pre presenting them to, it, it wasn't called Vision Expo at the time. It was, and, and, and the, oh, and now I'm dating myself. My very first international conference that I attended was in Long Beach before they ended up going to the Anaheim Convention Center, and now they're in Las Vegas. Well, now they're not. But. Yes, I've, I've been to those meetings in Long Beach. <laughs> I don't know what they would call it. It, it wasn't Vision Expo. No. It was something before that. <laughs> yeah. OptiFair. It was OptiFair. Yeah? Yes, that's it. That's it. OptiFair. <laughs> Yeah, and that and they oh, gave away a lot of free stuff we, back we then. Probably, we probably were <laughs> together, and we just didn't run into each. I I I have a hunch that that is that is could be a very good possibility. Yes, yes, I'm still involved. It's very interesting because heard of uh, our center, and people have. So I still do receive phone calls and emails do have a question, I would be happy to answer to refer them to a, a low, low vision technician, low vision optometrist, or whatever it is that they would need. I have to tell you, I'm not very good about picking up my phone because I'm, I'm often in meetings and with clients. Okay, well then you, you can, they can leave a message for you and you can get back with them. Dr. Bill Foundation, E-R-B-I-L-L, Foundation, Edgy, and my phone number is 310-597-259. 
but it's probably better to send me an email. That's fabulous. Dr. Bill, you have been a gem, and I want to thank you so very, very much for your time today. And so for all of you that are listening, oh, I hope you had a great time thank with Dr. Bill. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So everybody, make it a great day. Aloha. Thanks. Thanks, Allison. Uh, I appreciate your playing that for us. Um, Before we open it up to everybody and anybody, I'd like Katie Friedman to say a couple of words because she's here tonight. Um, I'd I'd want you to say she's the one who did the interview that we just heard with Dr. Bill. Katie? I I am so honored that you shared that interview. I'm really taken back by it. Um, You all honor me so much. He, um, I, I, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I wanted to grow an an entrepreneurial business. And I was still trying to find my way of, of what I wanted it to look like. And it took me about six months to actually settle in on honing in on the low vision community. I worked for ATRC, Assistive Technology Resource Centers of Hawaii, as a low vision, as a assistive technology assistant specialist, actually. And I fell in love with the opportunity to help people who are not being served by the eye doctors. And I was actually getting to a point of where uh, I didn't know the next step. I I was blessed by having the opportunity to work with a vendor who recommended that I meet Christine Chaikin. And you can blame her <laughs> for me participating so much within CCLVI. I call her the great connector. And when I was coming on these calls, I was so impressed with Dr. Bill and how fluid he was and how knowledgeable he was. And I couldn't help myself. He was the first person that I interviewed in the format that I had at the time. And the place that I was at with him was, you know, and I think that maybe some of you might relate to this. You meet somebody and you hold them up on a pedestal and say, wow, he's He's, he's my superhero. And I just wanted to, to learn and engage with him as often as I could. So I kept on coming back to, to Let's Talk Low Vision on a regular basis. So hence the story of, of my participation. And now, by the way, I do market myself as a vision care, low vision specialist. And I think that um, since there's there's a pause, I see Kathy Whitaker's hand is up. Do you yes, mind I if would, I just take that? Oh, if I that was if my I just next, go there. 
that was my next person I was going to call on because I know that Kathy's known Dr. Bill for quite a while, and I'd like you to say a few words, Kathy, if you would. Thank you, Kathy. I'm Kathy Schmidt-Whitaker, president of uh, California Council of Citizens with Low Vision. And I know that Dr. Bill um, was a good friend of Bernice Kandirian, who was the previous president of California Council of Citizens with Low Vision. And I'm sure that since both have passed now, they're probably already connected uh, mm-hmm. in heaven above together. Uh, Roger Peterson uh, and our Takahara, uh, both send their condolences and are sorry that they're not able to uh, be here this evening to honor um, Dr. Bill as well. I'd like to share um, a fond memory that I had with Dr. Bill. I, in about 2009, um, Dr. Samuel Janinsky had passed away and he was a mentor of Dr. Bill's. Um, he was uh, the founder of the CCTV and Low Vision himself. Dr. Bill approached uh, CCLVI and sought for there to be the development of the Dr. Samuel Janinsky Video Magnifier Award. And I was honored to uh, to work with Dr. Bill, as well as a few other folks within CCLVI, to really develop and create that Video Magnifier Award program. Dr. Bill was very proud of the opportunity that we had to award video magnifiers to individuals from the ages of six to 92. And I always enjoyed um, Dr. Bill's uh, wisdom, guidance, and passion, passion for uh, contributing and uh, to the low vision community, to making a difference in uh, individuals' lives. And you could tell uh, when we were interviewing in applicants whether they were little children who were you were like a little nervous to talk with us, he made them feel at ease. Or an elder individual who was having some difficulty, he always ha- showed compassion and grace. And so I really um, want to uh, honor and respect Dr. Bill, and he is fondly remembered uh, in our hearts as well. And um, may uh, peace be with him and his family at this time. Thank you. Okay. Um, Thanks, Kathy. Another person that's here tonight that I wanted to try to check in with is um, Jesse Walensky, because I know that Jesse did some of the Dr. Bill shows with him, and I wanted to find out if she'd like to say a few words. Yes. Hi. I'm, I I would say that I'm happy to be here, but unfortunately, that is not the case at all. I'm very happy that we're honoring such an incredible man, but um, it's, it's hard to know that his, his aura and his presence is just not here in a physical sense anymore because he was truly one of the most unique people I've ever met. Um, so I, I originally met Dr. Bill when he was my optometrist <laughs> uh, or ophthalmologist. Um, and 
that was like so, so long ago. And then he wound up losing more vision and we were able to reconnect um, through Airs LA. And I was fortunate enough to be like a co-host on the Let's Talk Low Vision podcast for a little bit. Um, I say co-host very lightly. All I did was read the bio. It was all Dr. Bill. He's a rock star. And um, but he just always hyped me up and and really, truly encouraged me. And I feel like I mean, I've met several amazing blind people such as myself. I have retinitis pigmentosa. Um, but there was just something different about Dr. Bill. I, I don't think that I know anyone even to this day who just radiated such a positivity in, in just who he was as a person, but also in respects to his blindness because he just never let it hinder his life. And I know he was talking about in the, the interview that we just listened to with Katie, who's amazing as well. Um, you know, talking about all the emotions that vision loss can bring up. And I don't think he was afraid of those emotions. And that's something that's really helped me as well, being able to embrace every little aspect and emotion that goes into losing your sight. But overall, I feel like he always brought it back to a positive place. And he never let that, never let those emotions get in the way of the life that he wanted to live. And it really showed me, especially when I was younger and I was really dealing with my own emotions, very, very negatively, very depressed about my vision loss. And just to see someone who's blind and just so happy and so happy to be here and so happy to connect with you. And I really thought to myself, wow, like this is someone who is not letting anything get him down. That is just the most inspiring thing. And he would hype me up and just make me feel like I could do anything in this world. And, and it's something that I'm just so grateful to have. And I know that I will live with that feeling that he gave me for the rest of my life and be able to cultivate it in my own way and spread it to other people. And that's a big part of like my life's goal um, as a blind person. And just as you know, the person that I am in general, using my story and my my struggles and turning them into strengths, not only for myself, but for other people. And I feel like Dr. Bill was just a symbol of that. And he was just a symbol of light in this world. And um, I mean, there's there's just no question about it that the world is just a little bit darker without him. But the fact that he existed and gave us all that he did give in his lifetime I mean, I know I will never, ever be able to forget that. And I know for a fact that I stand a little bit taller in my everyday life because of Dr. Bill's influence. And I just cannot credit him enough for everything that he's done. And um, I really hope that all we can do now is just take that little piece of him and help it make all of us stand a little bit taller and be a little bit happier and be a little bit more grateful. And I really think that that's um, the most effective way for us to honor him. And I just appreciate all of you guys being here. And um, here's to a great man. We will miss and love you endlessly, Dr. Bill. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Jesse. We appreciate that. And well, words well said. Um, I am looking for 
Richard Retta. I know that he was here earlier and left, and I think maybe he had some internet issues. So there's a couple of people with phone numbers, and I don't know if he's one of them. But if you're here, Richard, um, speak up and let us hear from you. We'll give it a minute and see if he he uh, is here. Nope. Okay. The next person that I want to bring up here is um, Terry Pacheco. Terry was going to be our facilitator this evening, but she had internet issues. So I see that she is here. So I'd like you to speak up, Terry, and say a few words. Thanks very much, Kathy. Um, I still have internet issues. I'm on my iPhone. It's the only way I can get through with cellular tonight. Um, but we will be putting something else together uh, in addition to this podcast uh, to go on the uh, CCLVI website uh, in the in the not too distant future. I I knew of Dr. Bill since I'm from the opposite side of the country. I was from Boston, and uh, so I never actually was a patient of Dr. Bill's. Um, I did know him. I think I originally, I may have originally met him through Sam Janinsky. I knew Sam Janinsky and um, Libby Lennon quite well. And they were both in the very, very beginning stages of the, uh, of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision. And I know that Sam thought very highly and quite appropriately uh, thought very highly of Dr. Bill. I did do a couple of um, programs with here on Let's Talk Low Vision with Dr. Bill over the last year or two, the last couple of years. And one of the things that struck me about him, um, I think Kathy, a couple of people have said so far, is how he could put people at ease. And I know at one point he was talking about uh, contrasting colors and uh, making the the wood frame, the casement around windows and doors, uh, a contrasting color to the to the walls, you know, and and using primary colors and how much his young child and her friends. How cool they thought that was to have a house that was that had all kinds of primary colors in it, and, and you know made everything look like blocks and that, and it just struck me how he was able to set everybody at ease in one way or another, whether it was someone who was fully sighted or with low vision or with no vision, and I think that's that there are very few people in the country and in the world today who can make people feel as comfortable as Dr. Bill did. And I think we will all miss him for a very long time, but I think we need to be very, very thankful and grateful that we had him for all the years that we did because he did give so much of, so many of us so much uh, assistance Thanks, Terry. Okay, Allison, why don't we um, let people raise their hands and whoever would like to say a few words, we'll, we'll fit in as many people as we can. 
All right, Kathy, and we do have a couple of raised hands, and I also wanted to let you know that Jane Suh is here, who is our connection to Clubhouse, and I believe our streamer, so uh, perhaps we could check with her after okay. we take these hands. Okay. okay. Okay, with the person with 407 area code ending in 163, please unmute. Hey, Kathy, it's Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Oh. Hey, so it's, yeah, so Dr. Bill was just a wonderful man. Um, I got the privilege to meet him um, when we had the convention in Minnesota um, when I um, was involved with CCLVI as president, and Richard Ruda um, actually invited him to the convention and did a a presentation on lighting. Um, Just a genuine guy, um, can't say enough about him. You know, when I was president, he would um, call me up and give me a lot of wisdom and guidance um, during my presidency. And it was just just what everybody's, you know, everybody's already said, you know, made you feel at ease, always was there for you, had an ear for you, you know, never, never rushed you. You know, um, I have retinitis pigmentosa also, and we would talk about that. We would talk about many things. So. He will be deeply missed in my my heart. Um, also, was um, inspirational in our book, Insights into Low Vision. He um, twelve with Richard and Jim um, when they were presidents. Also, so one of them. Great guy, and you know my condolences to his family. Thanks for doing this. All right, who we got next? Next up, we have Tom Lelos. Can you hear me, Allison? Yes, sir. Yes, we can hear you. I first first met Dr. Bill. I guess I got acquainted with him through Let's Talk Low Vision when he first started it. I had already been a member of CCLVI, and here comes this new show, and it was really great. And then as years rolled along, I got to be involved with him on the Dr. Sam Janinski Award Committee and Worked on the book committee with him, and then in later years, uh, yeah, he, served, he served on the publications committee for CCLVI with us, and and uh, it was always a, a very enjoyable experience being around him. and And I, I can tell a story about him uh, just after he lost his vision, and right on the heels of the book that everyone worked so hard on. Uh, I asked him to come to Wyoming and be our keynote speaker at the Wyoming Council of the Blinds uh, annual convention. And uh, as most of you know, he probably hasn't been out of Southern California much. You know, he, I always used to give him a hard time about getting out of that concrete jungle and, and you know, seeing what the rest of us are all about, you know. And anyway, he got to come to Casper, Wyoming, which is right in the middle of our state and he flew in on a connecting flight from Denver, and and uh, the shuttle van from the motel was a little bit late, so he was standing on the curb with a guy that had flown in there, uh, lived in Casper, and the guy talked with him, shook his hand, introduced himself, his wife and kids pulled up, and he actually invited Dr. Bill to come to dinner at their house if he was going to be left standing there all alone, and then... Uh, then the van came and picked him up and brought him to the motel. And that's when my wife and I and the others were waiting for him. And we uh, introduced ourselves and he steps up to the to the counter and wants to check in. And the young gal there uh, took care of him very 
very nicely, and and he could not stop saying how nice everybody was. And I'm thinking, okay, Dr. Bill, what's okay? And he said, where I live, he said, I don't hardly know my neighbors, let alone ever talk to them. He said, that's just a different world that you have here versus the world that we had there in Southern California. And uh, I was privileged to spend three days with him at our convention, and he would eat breakfast with us and, and lunches and suppers. And it was just a real uh, enjoyable time. Uh, I will. I really enjoyed hearing Katie's interview with him earlier. Just to hear his voice again was very uplifting to me. And uh, I can honestly tell you that those of you who had never got the opportunity to meet him, that he is just as humble and unassuming and happy in real life as he was on on the Let's Talk Low Vision uh, shows that he put on for so many years. And so uh, Dr. Bill is one of those guys you meet in life that really made a difference. And uh, he left his mark on this earth. And so uh, I just, I, I hope that he's looking down upon us and listening to all these words and smiling and laughing. So that's my story. Ah, oh, thanks, Tom. That was that was well said. Who have we got next, Allison? We have Ed Cohen. Hello. I would first like to second Tom's comment about how nice it was to hear Dr. Bill's voice again. But uh, the one story that I have. Um, would have been a little after 2015, maybe 2016, 2017. I started my uh, easy to see large print uh, weekly planner, and I listened to one of uh, the let's uh, low vision talk from Dr. Bill, and he sounded so great. So I reached out to him and told him what I was doing, and he said, "Well, send me a copy," and I did. And the next thing I know is I get an email back saying I showed it around. And I think it's terrific. What he then let me do was take a uh, written statement to that effect and let me put it into the letter that I used to reach out to other low vision doctors. And I just thought that was very, very nice of him to let me do that. And then years after that, when I listened to a low vision talk uh, by him and he knew I was there, he'd call me out and said, how are sales going? We both always got a kick out of that. So I, I have nothing but fond memories of the man. Thank you. Thanks, Ted. Who went next, Allison? Next, we have a telephone number, 508, ending in 613. Hello, everybody. This is Jane Perry, your Cape Cod Connection. And I just wanted to chime in and say a few wonderful words about Dr. Bill. I never met the gentleman. I wish I had. And I live on the East Coast, but my friends who live on the West Coast, Phil and Linda Hughes, they live in Westminster, California, and Phil was the president in the late 80s, I guess early 90s, of the Orange County um, chapter of ACV. And their daughter, who after Phil and I met, we all have 
retinitis pigmentosa, we also have a syndrome of RP called Vardy Beetle Syndrome. In 1996, we met at a conference, and we became friends. And since then, we're like family, and they've always talked about Dr. Bill. And Dr. Bill, when Bethany was born, at the age seven, she um, had, well, before she was born, she had hydrocephalus, optic nerve atrophy, and cerebral palsy. And they took her to see Dr. Phil, Bill, excuse me. Dr. Bill gave a reference to Linda, go to the partially sighted, I guess that's what you call it up there, but also to have Bethany go to Linda Mood Bell, which is a program to help children learn to read. And in June, Miss Bethany is going to be 22. She goes to Golden West College. She's learned orientation mobility, a white cane, technology. And she's just a wonderful, a wonderful lady. And her, Phil was helped with uh, special glasses by Dr. Dr. Bill so that he could still continue to work. And I told Linda that I would call and tell everybody how grateful we are to know him because when I started being on these calls, I said, we have a mutual friend. And I, he said, well, who is it? I said, Phil and Linda Hughes. He goes, oh, my goodness. So every time he was on and I would call in to, to register or whatever, and he would say, how's Linda? How's Bethany? How are they doing? And he always was upbeat. And I just wanted to say on behalf of the Hughes family, because they're like my family, thank you, Dr. Bill. And you just keep on shining and keep on those stars shining down on us and keep smiling. And we thank you so very much. Thank you for allowing me to share. Ah, oh, thank you. Well, well said. Who have we got next? That is all the raised hands in Zoom. We, you want to check with Jane really yeah. quick and see if we. Let's, yeah, let's Jane. check with Jane and see what's going on in Clubhouse, Jane. Uh, we currently don't have anybody in Clubhouse, but I'd like to share. Um, oh, um, so I knew Dr. Bill, I think. And I think I went to one of many, many conferences here in Southern California, and I met Dr. Bill. And uh, he helped, his foundation helped so many students, um, such as myself. So I was in high school at the time, and he, his foundation helped me so much with um, technology. And I just want to say thank you. To, to him for doing that. Thanks, Jane. We appreciate that. Um, anybody else who hasn't had a chance to speak yet who would like to say a few words, uh, uh, we'll give you we'll give you a time to unmute and say what you'd like to say. I'd like to say something. Sure. Who's that? Fred Walensky. Hey, Fred, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Bill was one of the most unique human beings I have ever come across. He was always so interesting and interested in who you were and what you did and how you did it to the very nth detail. I once took Dr. Bill to Orange County 
And uh, it was about a two and a half hour trip each way. And he started asking me questions about my life. And I, I, I couldn't turn him off with his questions. He was, he was delving into every aspect of my life. And I said, Dr. Bill, what you're, he says, I want to know everything. I want to know how you do these things. I want to know about you. So, you know, he was a guy I could, I couldn't say no to. And I'm glad of that because he, he got me into uh, sitting on the board of directors of Airs LA. Uh, and I've been the treasurer now for, I don't know, 10 some odd years. And um, he, he brought light. He brought light to all of our lives. Uh, he was a generous, so generous of spirit. Uh, when um, when we had the uh, big fires out here in, uh, in the Oak Park area, we had to uh, uh, vacate the property for uh, a week. And uh, we were in a, a tizzy. We had my mother-in-law with us and a dog. And uh, so we didn't have many choices. And uh, Dr. Bill said, come to our house. You stay with us. So we did, and uh, June and, and Dr. Bill <clears throat> were so hospitable. Uh, they really um, uh, made it, you know, so much easier than it than it would have been otherwise. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful people. My life uh, has been enriched uh, so much by him, and of course, the fact that he took such good care of my daughter when she was a young girl uh uh who had just diagnosed with rp uh he he uh made her feel so much more at ease uh with his uh approach and his he was so genuine and and caring uh really really will miss dr bill He's a wonderful, wonderful human being. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Allison, do we have any more raised hands? Not at the moment, Kathy. And I need to let you know we have about seven minutes until the bottom of the hour. Okay. Um, I think what I'll do is uh, turn it over back over to Terry and see if you have anything else you'd like to add. Terry, you yeah, you, you're Hi. muted. Is oh, I could say something? What was that? Oh, can you? Hi, um, this is Keith Christian, and I would like to say something if I could. Sure, go ahead. Um, I um I met I uh, have RP, and I met Dr. Bill in I think ninety five, ninety six, when um I was taking anatomy class at Cal State LA and um, we were we went on a field trip to Center for the Partially Sighted and um, he was uh, attracted to the fact that I was carrying a cane and he kind of picked on me during the lecture trying to 
find out information about me and what what I was doing there, you know, part of the class and things like that. And he was um, genuinely interested in low vision and, and blindness and people. He wanted to know people. He was so curious and so genuine. Um, when we were there, he, um, I, I was wearing a pair of glasses that were very expensive. They were Corningware red lenses. They were blue blockers, and he was demonstrating them. And he, and he was talking. He was showing the he was, during his lecture. He was talking about the blue blockers, and he told me, he says, "Hey, um, I know you have some of these, you know." And I said, "Yeah, they're on loan from UCLA because they're so expensive. I, I'm looking at maybe buying some." And he says, "Hey, uh, I'll make you a pair, you know." And I said, oh, sure, okay. He said, well, talk to me afterwards, and uh, I'll get your address. And sure enough, I gave him my address, and he sent me a pair in the mail. And I, and I was just blown away with that. And that's the, my first introduction to him. And then I became a teacher of the visually impaired, and I worked in Northridge, where, uh, which is close to where he was living. And uh, his um, his practice was – he was in Santa Monica at the Center, Center for the Partial Sighted. And I got to know him a little bit better, and he, um, he would – he – cared a lot about kids and um i was telling him that some of my students didn't have you know insurance and stuff and and he would tell me about the foundation that he started and he would see my students on mobility let quote unquote mobility lessons and he would he wouldn't even have an appointment he'd just see them write a report for me for my ieps and he would send them home with monoculars and 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 filters and things that help the kids and i said let me give you something oh no no i have a foundation so that started of donating to the dr bill foundation and that was just uh you know um the first part of our history together and and then his um um, I started coming to the center for, for the Parkside for some events and things like that and getting to know him and his kids went to Nobel where I had taught and he would come in from time to time and, and I'd show him around my classroom and show him how VI kids, you know, use computers and technology, Braille and, and, and all that sort of stuff and in the wood shop and all that stuff. And um, he would come in and and he would and he told me one day, I got bad news. I, I, I heard I'm going to go blind. And, um, and it was devastating and, and, um, it was unique for me to be able to be there for him because he was really distraught about possibly going blind and, and, and sharing that with me was, um, a very difficult thing for him to do. So I told him, I said, Hey, listen, um, let me, let me, let me make some plans and come over and we'll sh I'll show you how to use JAWS and I'll show you how to, and he, I know he, I knew he really wanted to learn how to use uh, Excel and, and things like that. And, and I was fortunate enough to be in a place where I could tell him I'm coming over and, uh, and, um, and I basically bought JAWS over and showed him how to use it on his computer. And, and he took to it, um, really quickly. And, um, and he very much appreciated that. And he always, you know, it, it it's it's wonderful to give to somebody who is always a giver. Doctor Bill, um, as as many have said, he wants to get to know people, and he truly, genuinely cares about you and your specific circumstances. And um, I am grateful to have been there for him when he needed somebody. And um, I I just remember just having a wonderful friend and so on that I could count on. And I was very fortunate to be able to be there when he needed me. And um, um, it was, 
he he's him and and his kids in June have been um, a part of my life, and I I see them as extended family, and uh, my heart breaks, and um, I'm truly gonna I do miss him. I I do miss her and say, welcome, everybody. It's Let's Talk Low Vision. And you hear the smile and the love in his voice. And um, we're truly going to miss you, Dr. Bill. Well, thank you very much for that wonderful testimonial. Um, I want to take just a minute and... I know Dr. Bill would be the first one to be doing this, I'm sure. And I want to thank uh, Kathy Farina, who picked this up at literally the last minute to to facilitate this call tonight. And Christine Shaken, who's done so much work on it. And Allison Smitherman, who's doing a wonderful job of hosting the call. And Jane too for for uh, checking us out, checking us, checking in with us from Clubhouse, and I thank you all for just taking over and doing a great job with this. But I'm so glad that as many of you as we did have got through to share your life experiences with Doctor Bill with all of us, and I think. There are very few people in this world who have that big an impact on a community like ours. But I'm very, I think we can all be very proud to have known and benefited from Dr. Bill and may his family continue being as close and as comforting to one another as we would like to reach out to them and as we know he would have reached out to all of us. And with that, I say thank you to all of you. Well, you're welcome, Terry. Glad to be able to jump in and help out. Uh, and thanks to everybody for all the, the wonderful testimonials that we've had here tonight. Does anybody else want to say anything before we wrap up? Okay, I guess we're... Yes, we're done. Okay. Yeah, no raised hands. Okay. Thanks, Allison. And uh my pleasure, Kathy. Thanks. Thanks to everybody who joined us tonight and uh be safe and uh we'll see you next time on Let's Talk Bill Vision. Thank you so much. Thank you for having this and hosting this. We really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on CCLVI's Let's Talk Low Vision. Visit our website for this episode and more episodes of Let's Talk Low Vision, cclvi.org. This podcast was sponsored by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind.